right, and we are joined by Logan Paulson, a former NFL tight end, nine-year vet from 2010 to 2019. Logan, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? All right, welcome back to the 15th installment of Clubhouse Convos. I'm joined by Evan and Newman as usual. Uh, boys, how are we doing tonight? It's a Friday night, by the way. Uh, probably going to edit this up right when we finish, drop it on Friday along with an interview with Logan Paulson. Sorry, I, I just cut you guys off, asked how you were, and then stopped. Um, but we interviewed Logan Paulson this week, former NFL tight end, uh, just an absolute awesome guy. We had so much fun, talked before the interview, talked off the record after, just a great guy. Definitely are going to try to have him on again. Hope you guys enjoy that interview. Uh, but tonight we just have uh, a little buy or sell and then just shooting the shit, a little sports talk. Trying to keep it short. Interview is about 40 minutes, so shooting for about 30 minutes of us yapping it, and then uh, we'll get out of here. So I'll ask again. How are we doing tonight, boys? I'll let Newman take that tough question. Doing well. It's not a tough question. I'm doing well. How was, how was the work week, my friend? The work week was good. Going a long weekend, but it's going to freaking rain all weekend. So yeah, it's going to be absolute doggy in New England. I don't know about anywhere else in the country mm-hmm. but a shit show memorial weekend on the way mm-hmm. weather wise yeah i heard two and a half inches between tonight and monday of rain it's so, brutal yeah i don't think it eclipsed 60 degrees today it was fucking cold today at work uh i wore a sweatshirt and a flannel all day never took it off it was cold yeah. as tits <laughs> um but evan has prepared some buyer cells so you yeah. should, shall we get into that yeah Let's get into it. Right, get so into it. we'll start. The fucking chair. I can't find a not squeaky chair. For fuck's sake. I know. Starting in the NHL, the Penguins were trounced by the Islanders in six games. Congrats, Newman. You got your pick correct. Fucking um, trash. In their round one matchup. Buy or sell, the Penguins should trade some of their key players, such as Evgeny Malkin, Crystal Tang, or even Jake Gensel. Uh, Newman, I'll let you take this one first, as usual. Sure. I will. I'll sell that. I saw that that core wants to stay together. Uh, I, I see no reason that Pittsburgh would remove the core. It's a good core of players. I think the goaltending kind of let them down uh, in the playoffs. Sorokin badly outplayed Jari. Uh, obviously, you can't place all the blame on the goaltender, but he played pretty shit. Uh, one of the worst like goals saved expected in like NHL history. Um, so I expect a huge overhaul in that department, but uh I think the core should probably stay together. I personally disagree, so I'll buy that. I, I texted after they lost in the group chat, said you should have traded Malkin. I, I mean, there was a lot of rumors before the season started that Malkin may be on the block. There was even talk of Crosby at one point. Uh, and I saw today that Crystal Tang wants to retire in Pittsburgh. I think that would be an absolute <laughs> mistake by Pittsburgh. I think Latang is on his back nine. Malkin barely played this year. You don't know what you're going to get from him next year. His value is depreciating. I think you should get rid of him now. Casey comes out, plays like shit, maybe gets hurt again. All of a sudden, you're stuck with that massive contract for, what, two, three more years? Uh, I don't know. I don't like Pittsburgh's core. 
I mean, obviously love Crosby and Newman. I agree. Goaltending was dog shit, but I think it is time to move on in Pittsburgh. Uh, I believe only team to ever go back to back in the Stanley cup was 2016, 2018, 2016, 2017, and then 2017, 2018 seasons was the penguins with that core. I mean, obviously very successful core. If you're a penguins fan probably sucks to see. Um, but I think it's time to move on. What do you think of? You know, I've gone back and forth on this one. I think Pittsburgh's got a solid offense. I love the depth that they have. They've always seemed to bring up these good players, such as, like, Zach Aston Reese, shout out Northeastern, Teddy Bluger. um, They make great trades, too. They they make great trades. Jared McCann. Jason Zucker. um, Jason Zucker. Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter. I mean, great trades. They always make good deadline deals. They do. So, well, I have faith in the offense. Like Newman said, the goaltending is a question mark. Uh, would have liked to see them go to DeSmith at one point, even in, even in that game six, just throw them in. Um, I don't know. They, they left Jari in for the entire game. That kind of surprised me. Um, but to answer the question, I'd like to see them sell off a little bit of their pieces. Cause I think, you know, not all good things last forever. So no yeah, things. this was a great core at a time. I think they're past that time. Um, health is a big thing. They've, they've lost Patrick Hornquist, Matt Murray, Marc-Andre Fleury, huge pieces, in my opinion, of those winning teams. Chris Kunitz was there. They didn't lose Hornquist. They fucking traded him away for a bag of chips. Uh, I think it – yeah, I can't remember. Who Matheson, right? Yeah, Matheson. But did still, nothing. I think Hornquist played a big role on that team. Um, oh, I agree. Uh, just – I remember, like, Stanley Cup game six, Nashville had, had that huge goal yeah. in the final minute to put them uh, ahead. Um, so, I'd, I'd like to see them move some pieces – um Malkin in particular I think Malkin needs to go yeah um but yeah I mean it's still a good team and I think they'll always be in the running they were just the one seed in the east so um, yeah clearly still good clearly still good all right moving on the Oilers got swept by the Winnipeg Jets in round one none of us expected that and I don't think anybody expected that by yourself Connor McDavid plays his entire career with the Edmonton Oilers Newman start with you it's fucking that's tough. Um I don't know. I probably sell. I don't think he could tolerate playing there. I mean, they have to address the, the scoring issues besides those top line, maybe the second line with Nugent Hopkins. They're not getting any scoring. It's I mentioned to you guys, it's similar to what the Bruins had, their issues, but you know, they addressed their issues. They got Taylor Hall and now they seem to be clicking. So if, if the Oilers don't make any attempt to one, pay Connor McDavid, because I know that's coming up. Uh, Dude, and two, get some, some. I think they walked him up. 10 for 100, you stupid fuck. Oh, well, I'm stupid. <laughs> that was a couple Regardless. Of yeah, that was a little while ago. Dude, I'm old. Don't worry about it. Um, Sorry for calling you a stupid fuck. That was mean. That was mean. Nah, I, I, I would never call you out on air. What? Um, I, would, I would never call you out on air. So I love you. I thought he said Aaron. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he wouldn't call you out on this show. Dude, I hope you would. <laughs> no. If I say something uh, dumb like that. I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Evan, Evan, well, Casey DeSmith was hurt, by the way. Oh, um, he was. Oh, that's right. Class, Mike, yeah. Back up. Newman won't call yeah, me. Like I'll call you out. <laughs> I'll call. I'll call. Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll wait. McDavid, entire career in Edmonton. Sell. All right. 
why the fuck would he want to stay there? I mean, they haven't done anything to help him. They, they really have done nothing but hurt him. I, was he there when they traded Hall? Was that his rookie year? Uh, cannot remember. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Like, why was. would you trade away a guy like that for Adam Larson? Yeah. Like, stupid. Just the, well, that, Peter Shirley was That should have been the beginning of the end for McDavid. That should have been a telltale sign of things to come, and I think it has been. I mean, the team has not improved well, the argument, the slightest. The argument is we don't want the NHL to become the NBA where a player gets disgruntled and then all of a sudden they're building super teams. I get you really can't with you, the, cap the cap stuff, yeah. but – you look at what Toronto's done, that may be considered a super team. And I think pe- teams like could maybe make that work. I mean, the Leafs paid so many guys under a million dollars to play like forward, like Jimmy VC, uh, players like that. So Chuck I don't know. Thornton. McDavid, I could see it, but we don't want the NHL to become that way. It's never been that way. Players typically resign um, if they're that good. I mean, Connor McDavid, best player in the world. Personally, I don't see him going anywhere throughout his career. I think he, he's one of those guys like Crosby. And Ovechkin that just stays where he is for the remainder of his career. I think he should be, but they need to do something to help him. I don't know. To me, it kind of has a Jack Eichel feel to it, where obviously uh, both players have gotten better with age, but their teams have gotten respectively worse, I would argue. I, I liked the Barry signing. Obviously, Nurse stepped up in a huge way this year. And there's Dreisaitl, of course, in my opinion, the second best player in the world in Edmonton. But when you have the first and second best player in the world and can't get it done and you get swept, I mean, that that has to be a gigantic flashing red signal that something needs to change. Well, I think Winnipeg was a good team. I think people were sleeping on them. They have some really good talent up front. Yeah. And obviously we know what Connor Hellbuck can do. Stole them games one and two, and then the offense showed up in Winnipeg. I believe Newman predicted that Hellbuck would be great. Yeah, but I also took Oilers in five. <laughs> it's okay. I think we all definitely took Oilers. Um, but, yeah. All right. Carrying on, we'll transition into some NBA. Um, Luke Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks are up two games to none, headed back to Dallas. Are you buying or selling the series is all but over? I'm buying it. That I think we slept on Luka Doncic. I think we all took the Clippers yeah. to go pretty far, actually. I think, Evan, you took them to what? Your <laughs> conference finals? Oh, oh God. Fucking idiot. Yeah. I mean, I think we put our faith in Kawhi. We put our faith in the wrong guy. I think Luka Doncic has been so entertaining to watch these past two games, putting up really good numbers. Um, I think it's I think it's all but over at this point, whether they stretch it to six games, maybe. I don't know. Probably over in five, I think. I don't see uh, – I'm going to buy – I don't see them winning four out of the next five. I only had the Clippers going in the second round and then losing to the Jazz. Um, but I, honestly, I'm not very surprised. I believe I voiced my opinions on the Clippers' lack of playoff success in the last pod. Yep. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't like the Clippers. I don't, personally don't really care for Kawhi and Paul George. Just become less and less cool to me. I used to like him a lot, but after the Celtics never got him, I stopped really caring. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna buy that as well. Dallas is really fucking good, and so is Luca. They're they're super well coached by Rick Carlisle. Yeah. He's one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah, uh, sure. they came prepared, and I think the Clippers. We really weren't focusing on the rest of their starting lineup. Marcus Morris has been a disaster in this series so far. Pat Bev's played okay. Uh, again, Kawhi's playing at his best, and they still can't win a game at home. Like cause for concern. 
Paul George really – I haven't seen him anywhere really in this series. Um, Dude, he had 32. Didn't, didn't like Kawhi and him both go for 30-plus and every other starter was single digits in game two? Or game yeah, they were, they were good in game one, I think. Yeah. Well, still, I, I he's not doing what he needs to do. Uh, Coming out every Kawhi is Kawhi is playing fantastic. Um, defense, offense, shooting the three well, getting to the rim. Um, but outside of that, really, the team is just fucking kind of trash. Um, and Ty um, Lue doesn't really seem to know what's going Paul on. Paul George, 23, 6, and 5 on 8 of 18 shooting in game one. Yep. Game two, 28, 12, and 6. Uh, so I'd say he's, he's been there. Well. I'd say he's been there. Well, everyone else clearly sucks. Yeah. Um, but then you see a team like Denver with Jokic and really not many other players. Well, you see Austin Rivers going on. Austin Rivers. Well, well, I know, but but Gordon. Fucking isn't there one more big name? Well, uh, it's Murray, but he's out. And yeah. Austin Rivers balled out last night. So like they're getting production from their bench is my point, and the Clippers really aren't. And the Clippers outside of the top two aren't getting any help. Yeah, um, the Harrell loss was way more important than people thought. Yeah. Trez Harrell yeah. clowning the Clippers on Twitter the other night. Clearly happy he's still <laughs> fun in the Lakers. Um, anyway, carrying on, let's get into some MLB. I don't really care for the NBA. I know you guys don't really care for the NBA. Um, I guess real quick, I had one thing. This pod doesn't care for the pod NBA. doesn't care for the NBA. <laughs> um, I guess, like, one question I had down, wasn't sure, but what would you guys like to see the Celtics do in the offseason? Down to nothing. They look terrible. Like, what do you do? Like, in my opinion, as much as I like Tatum, they got to trade Tatum or Brown. You got to trade one of them. This team needs a reset. You can get a good player for them. Just change it up. I'm done with the same old bullshit. I don't think they'll trade either of them. Because they're just uh, – I think Kemba is probably on the move. Honestly, this feels like weird to say, and it's probably a wicked cold take, but I feel like Marcus Smart has to be the most – immovable part of the Celtics. I feel like no matter what is going on, like with the rest of the roster, when Marcus Smart plays, the Celtics are drastically better. Um, but I really don't watch the Celtics, so. Yeah. I, I'm not a big Marcus Smart fan. What? I used to no. be, and then I'm not now. His energy is just so good. He's such a great yeah. presence. Well, he's I great love defense. Marcus Smart. But he uh, can't shoot. But he The Celtics shoot. really just need a third guy. I don't think Tatum and Tatum and Brown aren't the problem. They just don't have the answer. Give them like a, a guy, a good player down low. Yeah. I think like, imagine they had like Clint Capella. Uh, yeah. But then again, it's like, who's going to orchestrate the offense and run the point. Jason Tatum's capable of running. The well, let's see what like Pritchard can do. You know, yes. I like watching Pritchard. Yeah. I like him. Did you just say you like watching basketball? Just Peyton Pritchard, <laughs> not basketball itself. <laughs> All right. Anyway, carrying on, going to get away from the NBA. Uh, let's go to some MLB. Uh, I've been very much in the baseball mood, playing some MLB this show. It's been a ton of fun. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll start here with the Texas Rangers. Adolis Garcia of the Texas Rangers hitting 282 with 16 bombs. I believe that's second behind Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, 41 ribbies, five steals. Just when you think he'll cool off, he just goes for two more bombs in the game. Had two walk-offs against the Houston Astros last weekend. Super, He looks super fucking good. Have him in one of my leagues, and I'm loving that. Um, is he for real? Like, it's hard to know because, again, it's a player like your mean Mercedes that's come out of come out of nowhere this year. Are you going to buy or sell 
Adolis Garcia. Being I just good. have a question before Newman goes. Isn't Garcia like young though? Mercedes is like 28, 29. Isn't Garcia like? <laughs> yeah, younger? I think he's young. Uh, let me look that up on my. Garcia is twenty eight. I just looked it up. Twenty eight. He's twenty eight. Oh, what so it's fuck? another one of these guys. Where the he fuck was with did the he Cardinals. Yeah. He was with the Cardinals at one point. I don't know where he came. Actually, I guess we can look. Um. Wait, I don't even stats. Anyway, um, look, or, yeah, he was with the Cardinals in 2018, <laughs> and then they got rid and of him, and then just went to Texas. I would actually, I would actually buy him. Like, yeah. Well, I was just gonna quickly yeah, add that, like, like oh, with Mercedes. Sorry, Newman. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. We gotta fucking record this podcast um, with Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? No, well, fuck it. With- um, with Mercedes though, like I feel like he's playing on a good team. He gets runners can get on in front of him, so I think his stats were inflated. But like with Garcia, he's doing it on like one of the worst teams in baseball. So I feel like I feel like he is for real. Although I, I know we said uh, Badu was for real at the beginning of the year, and that turned out fucking well, true. Colin, I it? sold on that Colin motherfucker. Sold. I know you sold on him. Evan and I look stupid, but I, I don't know. I would buy on Garcia. He looks really good. I'm gonna sell. I would have bought had he been like 23, 24, but 28 just kind of seems like a fluke to me. Maybe he'll have a few good years, but like like you said, Newman, Rangers suck. I don't know. I feel like it's more of a product of, you know, everybody else is an easy out, so his stats are kind of sticking out just because he's a little bit more challenging to get out. But I don't know. I, I, I don't feel great about buying. It's a very small sample size. It's not even June yet. And, and to me, the question becomes, why is he just – if he's this good, why is he just breaking out now? Well, I'm going to buy on him. I'm going to agree with Newman. Um, just because we've seen this in baseball before. We've seen, like, players who I guess, like, weren't really doing much get DFA'd, and then all of a sudden they, like, break out with, like, their new team. I know one example uh, is William Hendricks. The, 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 I get it's a pitcher, but, like, a superstar – closer one of the best in the league was dfa'd by four teams and it's like he was once dog shit and was thought to be complete trash but now he's turned into into what he is uh, i remember he was like the opener for a wild card game against the yankees and and they hit him up pretty good and it's like this guy kind of figured it all out um eventually in that closer role um i know like players such as uh cory dickerson and nelson cruz were once dfa'd like good players in baseball have once been DFA. Like Rich Hill got DFA. Look what he look what he's done since 2014 with the Red Sox. Like some players can just come out of nowhere. I feel like this guy's here to stay. Um just got the power and and, and he just looks really confident hitting the baseball. I have a couple so. things to say to that. Um first of all baseball is a, a huge coaching game and for a guy like Liam Hendricks it it, it just comes down to where you land. Like he landed in Oakland. It was a good situation. Good coaching. Uh, like, obviously, like, look at Garrett Cole. I mean, kind of, you know, middle-of-the-line starter in Pittsburgh. You know, good in Pittsburgh, but anywhere else, he's probably a three or four um, based on his numbers from Pittsburgh. Oh, right. Because his um, ERA was, like, about, like, a three, four. Three, a three four. to four, yeah. And he went to Houston, and all of a sudden, it's spin rate and, and this and that and, you know, uh, arm angle and all this advanced statistical shit. And all of a sudden he's the best pitcher on the planet. Like 
to me, it's all about coaching in baseball. And the other thing I wanted to say is getting DFA'd in baseball is so like not important in comparison to like getting cut in the NFL or getting cut in the NHL or getting released in the NBA. Like if you get DFA'd, you just go down and play triple A ball and you rake or you pitch great. And then you come back up. It's really a reset button, not a, like you're not good enough to play button, in my opinion. Um, there are plenty of guys that have been sent down and come back up and been phenomenal. No, I get that, but like he's 28. So it's like, yeah. So my question is like, why has he been dicking around all this time in the minors? Well, baseball's <laughs> just like that where people can just play in the yeah, minors. Yeah, I'm, so I'm saying it's coaching. Like, this right. is that's why I, I he's do think good. That has a big but then again, like, why aren't any other Rangers producing? Right. <laughs> the Rangers lineup actually has been like, I yeah, their pitching just sucks. Yeah, their pitching blows. And Joey Gallo's been an absolute letdown. He he blows. I, I mean, Isaiah Kenner uh, for Falefa has been He's fantastic yeah. this season. Nick Solak was great to start the year, um, and obviously Adolis Garcia. Like, it's a good lineup. Like, it's not a good lineup, but it's a good lineup at the same time. There are certain there are definitely holes, Gallo. but they have good assets as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, hope. But yeah, I hope he proves me wrong. But yeah. Um, anyway, carrying on, uh, we got the Toronto Blue Jays, the next topic. The Blue Jays have arguably three of the top five hitters in the AL thus far between Marcus Semien, Bo Bichette, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., yet they are only one game above 500. Are you buying or selling the Blue Jays as a playoff team? Um, I will sell, and I, I'm going to pull up the – the stats because I believe they just moved back to Buffalo, didn't they? Their yeah. home stadium. Yep. I saw I saw they actually play like significantly worse in Buffalo, like from last year. So I think that change is actually gonna kill them. That being said, their their pitching has vastly improved. I mean, Manoa made his first uh, start the other day and he looked I'm great. Uh, yeah, I, I know you question. do you pitch. Don't, uh sorry, Newman. Don't they Aren't they going back to Toronto soon? No, uh, COVID's a disaster in Canada. I I thought yeah. they were moving back. I didn't think. Yeah, so. I can look What's it up. What's Canada doing? I don't know. They don't have the vaccines. I think. I don't know. Oh, yeah, they don't have enough vaccines that we do. Although Montreal's open. Um, yeah, I saw that. <clears throat> anyway, you want to answer? Well, Newman looks. I don't. Yeah, I and mean, they're going back to Buffalo on the first, June first, and it makes no mention of Toronto, so I have no idea. Oh, I might, I must just misread something. Um, I'm gonna sell, and it's not because of Buffalo; it's just because the division's way harder than I anticipated. Um, you guys were pretty high on the Red Sox. I wasn't as high. I really wasn't either. Um, yeah, Newman was high. You said what? Ninety wins, Newman? No, I was high on the Rays. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, they've been phenomenal as well. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to sell just because I think they're just better teams in the AL. Uh, Chicago's been good. Oakland's been good. Houston's been good. Obviously, Boston, New York's getting hot. Tampa's won, what, 11 straight. Uh, it's mm. just – it's a slaughterhouse in the AL right now, especially in the AL East. Uh, so, I'll, I'll sell. Yeah, I'm going to actually buy – this was a team I was so high on. I believe I had them winning the division – if I remember correctly, I, I remember saying in, mm-hmm. in an old pod, I loved the addition of Marcus Simeon. That's been fantastic. Super good player. I mean, AL MVP finalist a few years ago. So he's, he's got that talent. Uh, hits the ball out of the ballpark, steals bases, hits for average. 
Um, and obviously their young superstars are playing really well. George Springer's just getting back. He's I, although I don't know, is he playing right now? I haven't seen him in the lineup. Uh, did he get hurt again? I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I think he is playing. Oh, he is playing. Okay. okay. Um, but their pitching's improved. I love them calling up Manoa. People were uh, waiting for that to happen. Uh, happened through six shutout innings against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, which is a pretty impressive feat for his debut. Um, Robbie Ray's pitched pretty well. Um, this is a team that if they can get their bullpen figured out, I think Jordan Romano's back to closing after they went with uh, Dulles and just sucks that Kirby Yates isn't playing. Um, Cause I think that would be a huge ad for late in games, but uh, you know, I think that they could ride that offense um, to the playoffs. Um, I don't know how many games back there are, but like they've, they've recently been slumping. I think they lost like five of six, six of seven. So they, they were good a couple weeks ago. It's just like, I think it's just one bad streak and they'll bounce back. I mean, um, that's also a lineup with names that you didn't mention. Randall Gritchick, Kevin Biggio. Um, Biggio's been bad. I saw Newman dropped him. Well, he's hurt. Uh, <laughs> he is hurt. It, it is a really good lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very young. Very young. They'll really be good. Is. They'll be good. It might not be their year, but it will be soon. Yeah. Um. Okay, three pitchers that have kind of broke out this year that I want you guys' takes on. Um, first off, we'll start with Kevin Gosman. I know Colin that's, loves Kevin That's Gosman. not a breakout. He was fucking sick last year, too. Really? Yeah. I feel like in Baltimore, it was about a four-year uh, time. Let me guy. pull up his stats last year. Uh, I know they were gross. Newman, thoughts on Kevin Gosman this year? I feel like all the pitchers with the Giants are pitching well, though. Mm-hmm. They are. I mean – yeah, I, I I actually am curious what he did last year because I haven't really uh, heard his name thrown around since. I don't remember him being great. Uh, so I guess he he must have had an injury or something. Only fifty nine two thirds, three wins, but seventy nine Ks in those fifty nine innings, three point six two. So I guess not I like sick. It's, it's very very respectable though. I mean, this year sixty four two thirds, five wins, seventy six strikeouts. So a, a better average of Ks per inning last year. Um, but 1.53 and an under one whip. Uh, he's fucking gross. Uh, I love him. I'm buying the fuck out of him. Yeah, I'm all. I'm buying him as well. He looks phenomenal. Big reason why the Giants are uh, overachieving. Yep. What we all yeah. thought. You just wait for this guy to have one bad start, and then he'll throw six shutout innings, five shutout innings. It's like he'll, he'll just cruise through the first like three His innings. Stuff and is home. dirty. He's always had good stuff. His, his splitter is gross. It's always been the home run ball, right? Yeah, it's always been the home run ball. But, uh, I mean, I think having Buster Posey back there calling a game is so big. And Alex Woods benefited from it this year. Anthony DiScalfani's benefited from it this year. Like, these are guys who were okay. Cueto's been good. Like, they come into the – I don't know who's the pitching coach there, but whoever it is deserves a ton of credit. Um, and obviously Gabe Kapler deserves a ton of credit uh, as manager leading the Giants to where they are right now. And their bats have been good. Brandon Crawford's had a fantastic year. But Kevin Gosman, I'm buying as long as he's in San Francisco. I think he's dirty. Um, Carlos Rodon, 13 strikeouts uh, against the Yankees the other night. Threw a no-hitter this year. Um, breakout season for him. Um, he's looked great. Um, thoughts on Carlos Rodon, who – is like a top 20 fantasy player right now. I like Carlos Rodon. He's been injured though, like past two years, right? That's yeah. So I mean, injured finally get, I think he had Tommy John. 
yeah, so finally gets to to rehab and get his chance. He looks really fucking good. That that staff with Lynn and I mean Julio's been struggling, but he's kind of started to figure it out again. Obviously, you got Hendricks. That those pitchers, are the Kopech, Crochet, Garrett Crochet, Crochet. Yeah, he's um, been really good. They've all been really good um, up and down the bullpen. So they're they're a scary team. I know Scully, you had them as your World Series finalists. So. Yeah, uh, Newman, I'll agree with you. I'm going to buy on Rodon. I feel like this has just been, like, people have just been, like, checking their watches every year. Like, when is it going to be Rodon time? Like, I feel like he's mm-hmm. kind top of – Top prospect. Yeah, he's a top prospect, uh, and Chicago fans have just been waiting on on this. This is what they've been waiting for, and he's yeah. certainly delivered. Um, I'm buying. That That White Sox seems fucking sick. It is. Uh, I, I want to talk about them real quick. Yeah. Um so I was listening to Starting Nine. If you don't know, biggest MLB podcast in the world. Not a big deal. Uh, Dallas <laughs> Braden and Jared Carabas. Love them both. Would love to have them on the pod one day. Yeah. Huh. Um, <laughs> but they were talking about the White Sox and, you know, the t- whole Tony LaRusso bullshit. Um, and and I really liked what Carabas said. And, and he's like, th- to me, this feels like this team is – winning in spite of Russo. like they take the field every night and say fuck you like we're gonna win and <laughs> like you can't stop us from winning um which i think is really true i mean this team has been so good um despite all the adversity in the clubhouse larusa is just so out of touch um they actually brought this up buying or selling here's a little buy or sell from me uh buy or sell tony larusa makes it through the year I'll go first. I'm going to buy that. I think he gets a lot of hate, and I get it. I think Dude, he, he forgot I, the fucking rules of baseball and lost him a game <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I, I He's out of touch. He's old. I never said the hire was good, but they're playing well. I, don't, I can't see them firing him. Um, experienced manager, won a World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals. Like He's paid his dues. He knows what he's doing. Uh, I don't think he connects with the players well at all. I think that's like the one thing, but I think other people in the dugout um, are there to support that sort of thing. And and it seems like a good, good clubhouse. They all like each other. To your point, I, I think they could say whatever, like Tony's the manager. Um, but I just wonder who hired him. Uh, so like why they the hire owner him? is a great friend of Tony. Um <laughs> And then to me, like the guy gets hired and then goes out and get a DUI. Like, are you kidding me? That was bad. Uh, they like, should they should have fired, fired him, him then. then. That would have been the thing for me. Uh, uh no, I think do you, you want to go or shall I go? I know. Uh, I would. I think. I mean, now that you say that he's buddies with the owner, I don't think they'd fire him. That being said, though, if he has another incident like with the Mercedes thing, they should just kick his ass. So he's so out of touch with his players, like. I think who was it? Lance Lynn. He told that like I have an office. Go like fuck yourself. Yeah, like, yeah. That's like that's so shit. He's so it, old. It's so he's old. not. He's not with the times anymore. Like they need to change the scenery for those players. Like those players are so chill. The uniforms, by the way, those uniforms are sick. Are. Fire! I love them. Those They're are so cool. Um, yeah. Real quick, but your Mercedes has been so good this year. And I know he went through a little slump after Tony uh, talked to him. Did Homer last night, and I played him on both teams, which was nice. But, I mean, they're a good fucking team. Like, with him or without him, to your point, they're going to win with, with or without him. I think if I were manager, I think if Newman were manager, if Colin were manager, you just roll off the lineup, meet with the umpires at home plate, 
you know, exchange lineup cards, do that sort of thing, and, and go back to the dugout. They're gonna fucking hit. That's all you. That's all you need to do. I uh, mean, fantastic team. I, I think that it, to Newman's point, if another incident were to occur, like he's got to go. Um, but another thing that really rubbed me the wrong way about Larusa is after the Mercedes incident, not only did he publicly call him out, but then the next night when he got thrown at, he said he had no. Oh, I know. Right with Duffy thrown. And him. to me, that is like. Dude, if you're going to say publicly that you're fine with your guys getting hit with a fucking 100-mile-an-hour fastball, like, that's free reign to go hit any White Sox. Like, you can't allow that. You can't say that. You can't be okay with that. And to me, that's just like mm. Tony LaRusso living in the 70s. Like, right. uh, I, I think he's got to go. Right. To me, the White Sox should make the World Series with him. I think they might. he might stop them from getting there. Really? Well, one thing that you like, we talked a lot about Tony and how he's out of touch. Like, what personally I would love to see, say, like a, a pretty like tempered dude like Tim Anderson gets called out on strikes, say the pitch is out outside of the strike zone, gets heated. Go stand up for him. You got to go argue with the ump. You see managers, people like Tori Lovello. I saw uh, Eduardo Escobar got tossed from a game. Like, the pitch was in the zone. But, like, even even still, he goes out and defends his player and gets tossed from the game. Like, I need to see that from Tony LaRusso for me to believe that he's actually, like, present in the moment, caring about his players. I'd love to see him get tossed from a game, Dude. standing up for a player. That would <laughs> that would be huge for me. Yeah, that would be huge to say, like, I do have your back, even though right. it might not seem like it. Exactly. Uh, how about that team with Tori Lavulu? The, or however the fuck you say his name. I just butchered <laughs> the shit out of that. Lavulu is it? Lavulu, He's great. Yeah. Lavolo, whatever. He's good. Uh, imagine him yeah. on that bench. Fuck, they might not lose a game. Yeah. I agree. I, I wish the the thing about baseball. Him, I love that so game. many good managers in baseball, yeah. bench coaches, hitting coaches, like super good qual- uh, quality guys that they could have hired instead of Tony. Yeah. And they went to the Red Sox front office. Because it was to a, get his fucking best friend. I know. It's. Yeah, should have got. I mean, but then again, you think they would have like a committee to talk about it and go over these candidates and really analyze who's who's the best fit here. I think the owner gives a fuck what the committee says. Yeah, as long as he's making money. Anything else to say about the White Sox before we move into my last pitcher? No. All right. John Means with the Baltimore Orioles this season's been absolutely fantastic. He's also thrown no. Yes, he has thrown a no hitter. No hit the Seattle Mariners in Seattle, I believe. I think it's um, the first no hitter of the year. No, the, no Musgrove. Musgrove. Sorry, Musgrove. I think he was second. No, 20... it was Rodon then. Means, oh, oh, it was. Twenty first ranked player in fantasy. He's got a one point seven nine ERA uh, with a zero point seven five WHIP. Although last year his WHIP in forty three innings was still under one, but his ERA was four point five. So I assume he struggled with the home run ball. Figuring it out this year, John Means thoughts, Newman. I think like John Means is a guy I've really liked for the past like three years. I think like this is the first year he's really established himself as like an ace. But I think even like the past couple of years, he's been really good. I mean, it sucks that he's in Baltimore. Like I, I, I hope he finds a way to get out of Baltimore. I and mean, he's not, but like he's really good. His off-speed stuff is really good. He looked unhittable uh, against the Mariners, although we rolled out a pretty trash lineup. Um <laughs> as our, our team is he was yeah he was yeah he was <laughs> unhittable uh but he i'm a huge fan of his i mean playing in that tough al east and still being able to put up uh pretty good numbers that's pretty impressive um yeah the only 
the only time he really struggled was in a start against the Yankees, um, which obviously yeah. tough lineup. So yeah. yeah, that's expected. Colin, what do you think, John? I'll buy him being legit, but I'll sell him being an ace, and it's the strikeouts. That's the problem for me. Less than a strikeout per inning. Uh, to me, if you're an ace, you, I just looked. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking that. at a um, If you're an ace, you gotta you gotta get strikeouts. I mean, look at look at Kevin Gosman. Uh, a lot of strikeouts this year. Look at Jacob Degrom. The guy punches guys out like he's eating fucking breakfast. Um, to me, <laughs> uh, like Means is a great pitcher and obviously an ace in Baltimore with that staff. But realistically, on a right. contender, he's a two or three, and he's a phenomenal two or three. But he's a two or three in my mm-hmm. opinion. That's a good point. Real quick, I'll give you a couple aces. Tyler Glass now seventy innings, ninety eight punch outs. Joe Musgrove, uh, seventy six punch outs over fifty five innings. Obviously, we know what Scherzer does with the strikeouts. Trevor Bauer, we get that. Shane Bieber, um, 110 strikeouts in 72 innings. So I agree with you. The ace needs strikeouts. I agree with you. That's fucking nuts. nuts. That's almost like a strikeout and a half per inning. Yeah. He's That's crazy. Uh, John means, again, I, I think I'll agree with on everything you said, Colin. Um, you know, I think he's a talented player figuring it out. I think he's a solid number two. Um, I think you need somebody in front of them. Yeah. Um, last topic of this podcast, since we interviewed Logan Paulson, which took a little bit, uh, Tim Tebow in the NFL. <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts on Tim Tebow and what kind of impact he'll make on the Jaguars this year and whether you're going to buy or sell the Tebow hype. I hope you rip into him, Newman. I I'm selling. I to to his credit, I saw a photo of him. He looks jacked. What so the fuck's up with all these photos? To... I don't give a fuck if he's jacked. <laughs> yeah, if he wants to pretend he can play tight end, that's fucking great. But I saw the Jets stride him at tight end back in the day, and he fucking I guess he didn't pan out. So I don't know what the fuck the Jaguars are doing. Like, I mean, did it, who's the Jaguars tight end though? To be fair, is it yeah, Safarian Jenkins. Who who is it? Oh, like, uh, Safarian Jenkins. Yeah. Um, I think so. Uh, or they also had Tyler Eifert, but we don't know about him. Um, I mean, he's a, he's an injury prone. So, oh yeah. Um. Anyway, for me, for Tim Tebow, I'm a sell too. Um. I, I keep seeing on Instagram, and I don't know if you're you're seeing this, but um, a touchdown pass from um, Trevor Lawrence to Tim Tebow. ESPN would literally oh. They'd have to um, change their fucking sheets, dude. Yeah, they would. Um, so I'm selling hard on Tim Tebow. Uh, I mean, played baseball for a little while. This dude can't seem to figure out what, what sport he wants to play. Um, and obviously tight end, like, teams are going to just destroy. Like, Bobby Wagner over the middle. Tim Tebow catches it. He's dead. He well, that's dead. their first problem. Tim Tebow ain't catching shit. Uh, this <laughs> is a guy that they asked to play tight end. 10 years ago and he said no like like what does he think he's doing uh, what is urban meyer doing yeah what is the benefit of bringing fucking number one a million morons that think tim tebow's good to jacksonville and then a million other media morons who just want to film everything tim tebow does they want to see him take a piss well, that's they want they... to see him eat his fucking cereal right. in the morning they want to see him tuck his wife in before bed and then go say a prayer like the oh, fucking guy. Yes. Uh, it, it's a joke to me. Uh, well, that's why they took a picture of his arms. He took a picture of his arms. He took a picture of his ass. I'm seeing shit on my Instagram. Tim <laughs> Tebow thick as fuck. Like, 
it's just an absolute joke. If you're Trevor Lawrence, you already got to be saying, like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, to me, it's just an absolute clown show. They want to use him as Taysom Hill. Look, Taysom Hill is an athlete. Tim Tebow, great athlete. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not. But he's also 32, hasn't played in the NFL in, what, eight, nine, ten years? Really didn't have any sort of success in the MLB. Never made it to the MLB. Um, the Mets. Yeah, got released, obviously. Tim Tebow belongs behind a desk at ESPN talking about college football on yes, Saturdays. I agree. He's Tim good Tebow it. does not belong on the field on Sundays. Um, and that's all I'll say. Yep. Uh, he's talented as an, as an analyst. Yeah. Oh, he's a genius. Yes. He's extremely intelligent in terms of football. Yep. Uh, and real life, he's a very smart guy, mm. but it's just it makes zero sense to me. Mm. And I was like, I fucking loved Tim Tebow growing up. Mm. Shall we wrap this up? Yep. All right. Yep. That's all I have. So this is the end of us talking, and the Logan Paulson interview will follow. So we hope you enjoy, and uh, we'll see you in a week. All right, boys. Later. All right, and we are joined by Logan Paulson, a former NFL tight end, nine-year vet from 2010 to 2019. Logan, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We're very excited. What's all that tea stuff you got in the back there? Uh, those are old varsity letters from high school. Uh, nice. What sport? Uh, hockey and baseball. No kidding. My son just started playing hockey. Oh, yeah? How old is he? Seven. He's going to be he's okay. Wow. He's like he's like a little bit of a crash test dummy, but he enjoys it, so that's good. It's a good age to start. Where are you at right now? I'm in Virginia currently. I grew up in California, <laughs> but I'm in uh, Virginia. That's where the Washington football team practices and plays. <laughs> Not they don't play here, but they practice here, the facilities here. So that's where I bought my house, and yep. I, I just enjoy the, the, the community here. Nice. Ev, awesome. do you want to get rolling with the questions? Yeah, so let's get right into this. Um, so tell us, what are you up to nowadays uh, post-NFL? Um, what am I up to nowadays? Well, I do a little bit of radio work for 106.7 The Fan, which is a local radio station in the area here, and do a little draft coverage, do some spots when they need some like football analyzing going on. I do some personal training, um, which is kind of keeping me busy, and it's helping me finance kind of my other uh, passion project at the moment, which I've like developed a piece of exercise equipment that I'm trying to you know, kind of finish prototyping and get off the ground and hopefully be selling here in 2021. So those are the kind of things that keep me busy. And then probably the thing that keeps me the most busy is that my son is home from school. So I, uh, because of my flexible schedule, I'm there with him learning all about the second grades or the first grade stuff, like how, do, how the clock works, you know, <laughs> our writing, our vowels, all that stuff. It's been a good refresh for me. It's been a while since I've got that stuff. So that's kind of what's been keeping me busy. Oh, that's awesome. Absolutely. Um, Moving on. Uh, so what was it like going through your college selection process? Obviously, home state of California. Yep. What made you choose UCLA? So my family is uh, my dad's family in particular is very academically minded. My dad, my uncle went to Harvard. My dad went to MIT. My aunt went to Tufts. My grandfather, my mom's side went to Harvard also. So school was kind of like the number one priority uh, during that process. And uh, my dad was very adamant at the time that I was going to be a student student athlete right and so he when during the selection process we kind of picked schools with a good academic pedigree right so stanford was on the list ucla duke 
Harvard was on the list for a while. Um, but ultimately what kind of sealed the deal was Stanford was terrible at football at the time. I think they had won one game in two seasons. And then uh, Duke was just kind of reigniting their program. And then Harvard doesn't give uh, scholarships. So, you know, my family probably could have afforded it, but it felt a little irresponsible of me to turn down a free college experience uh, to go to Harvard when UCLA was there close. My girlfriend at the time uh, was at UC Irvine, um, which is very close to UCLA, and she's not my wife. So obviously that worked out. And uh, th that was kind of the big deciding factor. Close to home, football was good, school was good, and um, I had a great experience there. That's awesome. That's kind of where my sister wants to go, although that's probably a little yeah. bit of a long shot knowing her. Uh, she is in high school. She's going to be a senior next year. She should go there. If she can get in, I mean, it's going to be tough, but she should go there if she can. Solid school. Good sports there. Um, what was your favorite? School? Wow. Just cutting it I... down to the knees. <laughs> All right. Um, go ahead with your questions. Come on, continue. Um, yeah. So what was your favorite moment from your NFL career? Uh, last oh, my, a favorite, while? my favorite moment. Gosh, there's so many of them. Uh, I think my first snap was pretty exciting. You know, I was playing on special teams. My first offensive snap was always very exciting. The one that kind of resonates with me the most is I had a big uh, touchdown catch in a playoff game against Seattle in 2012, which was a big deal. We lost that game. I also caught like um, here. It's a big play. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but like it was a fourth down conversion against the New York Giants late in the fourth quarter. And everybody talks about that play when they when they remember my career. So that that's a that's a pretty nice memory. And then um all like the little stuff too, like the little blocks that no one gets to see because those are kind of like my own personal victories. So uh, lot, lots, of, lots of fun memories, lots of stuff that I look back on fondly for sure. Uh, real quick, um, if there's like one block you could relive, one guy you could flatten one more time, who would it be? So if there was one guy I could flatten because I could never do it in real life, <laughs> it would be Demarcus Ware because he, uh, I kind of got him right in his prime and I was a rookie. And I remember going against him a whole bunch of times and him kind of just very in a very kind of fatherly or big brotherly way, just putting in my put, putting me in my place down and <laughs> out for an entire game. And I thought to myself, that's the guy that I want to get because, you know, like you always want to get the kind of the, that's way better than you. And uh, he definitely made that list for me because he's a heck of a football player and I got a ton of respect for him. So it, it'd be nice to pay homage to him in that way. Yeah, yeah. it's a tough in-division matchup. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, anyway, carrying on a little bit here, what team culture was the most fun to play for? If I know off the top of my head, you played for five teams, correct? Yeah, Four. you probably know better than me. Let's 49ers, see. 49ers. Yeah, Chicago, Bears. 49ers, Atlanta, and Houston. So, yeah, five teams. Uh, you guys did know better than me. Uh, I'd say the funnest <laughs> culture was probably the, the funnest team culture kind of designated by the coach, I'd say, was Atlanta. Dan, uh, Dan Quinn did a great job there of kind of making it a very fun experience, making a, a team full of good guys and good camaraderie. I'd say the team uh, where I have like the most like long lifelong friends was probably Chicago. Um, no in particular reason other than just kind of serendipity. Those guys were awesome. The coach there, um, Frank Smith is one of my really good friends, just got the O-line coach coaching job for the Chargers and great dude. We talk regularly in the off season yeah. still. So um, you know, every team has its benefits, but in terms of just like coming to work every day, excited, I'd say Atlanta was the best. Yeah. We love Dan Quinn up here. 28, three, <laughs> no complaints. Uh, we're Pats fans. Um, and Newman, uh, is a big chargers fan. So yeah, I'm excited. The revamped O-line, it looks good. 
Yeah, you should be excited, buddy. Yeah, I am. Um, next question. How did you pass the time on team flights? Did you guys play cards? Did you watch movies? Kind of what you do? Um, I don't know what your age range is for this podcast, but we can talk about some of the rated G stuff if you want the, um, you can go all the way to R here. Okay. So <laughs> I usually slept cause I was kind of a workaholic during the week. So that was like the first time that I got to kind of decompress and have a little moment of quiet to myself and rest and not really be thinking about the game plan or studying. And if I wasn't studying, I was going to read a book or watch a movie, just kind of normal generic stuff. Some guys really like to gamble on flights. I know I probably shouldn't say that the NFL doesn't like that, but they, they really got, that's how they passed the flight. They would gamble a lot of money, more money than I'd be comfortable losing. And uh, you know, on the way home, you know, guys would open a couple of beers or have a couple of drinks and celebrate a win or celebrate a loss, you know? So that was kind of how we passed those, uh, those, those flights especially those to dallas which are pretty long so yeah that sounds like a ton of fun except <laughs> not the losing money part not so much yeah um yeah. Now, now, now did you have a favorite nfl stadium to play in by chance or was it kind of uh, like yeah you know i really enjoyed playing in dallas uh especially after they renovated the stadium it was just kind of like uh such an experience to go there you know what i mean it was like this big glitz and glam and this uh you know like it was like going to the circus kind of you know what i mean like they had this huge jumbotron and there was fireworks going off at every time out and you're just kind of like what is happening and so that was kind of fun uh but i think the coolest place to play is probably lambo because you walk into that field and you feel like you're just in like storied ground you know you're on like hallowed ground and all like bart Starr's ghost is out there somewhere and it just it feels really cool and the fan base is really cool and the games are always like arctically cold and you know what I mean? It's just, it's just a cool place to play. It's got this really, it kind of feels like um, playing in South Bend a little bit, you know, uh, where Notre Dame plays like the same kind of like, you know, like Rudy was there. You know what I mean? It's just got this cool yeah. vibe to it. Like a historical feel. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's pretty cool. And all the, all the stadiums now are getting renovated and kind of turning into what Dallas was. But um, I think, I think uh, Lambeau's got a pretty cool feel to it. For sure. Um, let's see. What do we got next? Uh, so give me your best and worst NFL fan bases, if you had to choose. Well, what do you mean? Like best, like most supportive or I don't understand. Yeah. That. So like, I guess like that stereotype is the Cowboys fan base is horrible. They're garbage. Like, yeah. um, I don't know. Just kind of like best fans uh, that you. Um, I think, I think all, the fan, all, all the fans are kind of the same to me in the sense that like, I appreciate the fans and like the support they give to their teams and however they get into the game, like, you know, Philly, you might get hit in the head with a beer bottle from the stand, you not careful. <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun to go there. The energy's fun. They're into the game. They, you know, they boo their own quarterback. It's always an experience when you go to these opposing stadiums, you know, and um, I'd say the one that was probably the, it stuck out to me as being kind of the most fickle, was when we play in San Francisco, especially after they got the new stadium. Cause like you'd go in and it felt like very, um, you were in like a board meeting kind of, everyone's very quiet. They have like all these really nice luxury boxes that are glassed in. So there's not like a ton of fans. Right. They really jacked up the ticket prices so that like none of those like diehard San Francisco fans could get in anymore. So it really just changed the dynamic pretty dramatically. And uh, yeah, so I'd say that, you know, like yeah, all fan bases are good, but I feel like the, the business side of San Francisco really mm. kind of changed um, changed the feel of the stadium. Yeah. And did you play with the new stadium in there? Were you there when they had the new stadium or no? Yeah, I was there with the new stadium. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty nice stadium. 
Um, it's very nice. I mean, it's not it's not that big though. I mean, it's 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 very it's designed to make the organization a lot of money through uh, subscriptions or I don't know what you'd call that to the the boxes. You know what I mean? So right. that's that's what it's designed for. Yeah. Uh, Colin Newman, anything? Yeah, I, had, I had a quick question. Um, you carry on. Just about fields, turf or real grass? I feel like I that's mean, kind of a debate. Colin, that's a ridiculous question. It has to be real to, grass, right? It has to be grass. Yeah, Anybody yeah turf, absolutely. It's out of their mind. Yeah. Like, I mean, would you guys play on turf? Like anything? No. I mean, I, I, I'll work out on no. turf, but I really dislike playing football. Like there's something about like falling on the ground and getting grass stains and the smell of it. And it just feels more authentic. You know, I played on grass yeah. at the Rose Bowl at UCLA and that's what I like and that's what I appreciate. And so the turf stuff, I, you know, I understand the technology, I understand the value it brings, but I, I prefer grass every day. What's the ratio um, like between like stadiums with turf versus grass? Like, Are, are there more turf stadiums and fields right now? I don't know. I, I, don't I, think, know it's probably, I think it's probably slanting that way, especially like, um, you know, I think, I think uh, Soldier Field is still grass, you know, FedEx is still grass. Mm. Philly was grass when I played. Um, even Arizona, which was indoors, was grass. So, I mean, you could probably go through and figure them all out. But I definitely think there's a little bit of a shift towards um, towards surf. It saves you money. You know, you can do more right. events on there. That was the big thing with the field in FedEx. I don't know how you feel. Everyone talks about how terrible it is because Army yeah. Navy would play a game there. They'd have a concert there. And the turf would just be a disaster. So it was really hard to maintain. But that's not an issue when you have uh, the turf field. Right. Yeah. 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 Carrying on here. Who was your favorite quarterback to play with in your NFL career? Well, that's a tough question. Cause like the guy that I think is probably uh, the guy that I had the most fun with was probably Rex Grossman when he was here in uh, Washington. And he's just a good dude, you know, guy who liked playing football, really down to earth, you know, former first round draft pick, all that stuff. But a guy that I was pretty close with as a rookie and he kind of took me under his wing and, you know, never kind of gave me a hard, but it was always very supportive of me. So I, I, I always say Rex. And then John Beck was another guy, you know, we used to go out uh, when I was um, a rookie and my second year player. And he'd, you know, I didn't play a lot in the games and we'd go through every single play on the script together and I'd run all the routes and he'd throw to me. And, you know, those kinds of, those memories are really important and those bonds you build and doing those things are great. Uh, the most talented guy I played with was probably um, Deshaun Watson, honestly. Like he was super impressive from a physical standpoint, arm standpoint, Great dude. You know, obviously he's got some stuff going on now in the media, which is not great, but um, you know, as a player and as a locker room guy, I can't speak to his personal life. He, uh, he was pretty impressive. And then obviously Matt Ryan was pretty cool too. So. Yep. Yeah. Real quick. Um, you mentioned Deshaun Watson. Do you think that he will get traded or do you think he'll stay in Houston? Obviously there's outside stuff going on, but uh, like, do you think he'll stay? And then do you think Aaron Rodgers stays in green Bay? Just quick. Quick I mean, question. those questions are really hard to know. Um, I think, I think before when Deshaun had all the leverage and before all these allegations and, and all this smoke kind of started circulating his camp, I think there was a really good chance he was going to get traded. I think he just had so much leverage. He had so much value. Teams were willing to kind of mortgage the whole franchise around him. I think that was probably the right call because he is that kind of player and that kind of talent. Um, however, now with this going on, I think the Houston Texans have a lot more leverage over him. His trade value has gone down pretty precipitously. And I think if he does play this year, he'll probably play in Houston. Aaron Rodgers is a completely different animal because from what I understand from guys who 
played with Aaron, he's very, very, um, I don't want to say spiteful, but very, he holds a grudge a little bit. You know what I mean? And if he kind of gets it in his mind that something is a certain way and he doesn't like it, I think there's a really good chance that he, um, he puts his foot down and maybe doesn't play football this year, but is out of Green Bay at some point in the next year or two if they don't do something to kind of quell his concerns. Right. It's a lot to do with the leverage, like you said, and he has all of it uh, in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. I had a real quick Jerry, quarterback question. Sorry. Yeah. One more question about yeah. quarterbacks. Oh, what was it? I love it. Just insert yourself. Let's go. What was it like watching RG3 come in and then get hurt? I mean, that had to like been so cool to see him be so good and then suck so bad. You guys mentioned good memories, right? Earlier in the show. And I think that one of my fondest memories was when we won seven games in a row. I've never at any point in my football life, high school, college, NFL, have ever been that happy playing football because every week you come in and you know you can win games. And Robert was a huge piece of that, right? A guy that just made, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone on the team better. Ever made everybody elevated everyone's skill set. You didn't have to pass protect the same way. You didn't have to run block the same way because all the zone read stuff, all the quarterback keep stuff. Like you just made it easy to play football, simplify defenses pretty dramatically. Obviously the injury, you know, like I remember thinking probably week 12 or 13 of that season, like my contract was coming up. I was getting ready to extend. All these things were really exciting for me. And I thought I'm going to be here for a decade in Washington. As long as Robert's here, I can play here because the offense was really mentally taxing on the tight end position. That was something I excelled in. And obviously the injury affects not only me and my career, Robert, but every other player on that offense who had kind of carved out a niche with Robert as the quarterback. And, um, you know, I think Robert, everyone talks about the injury being the catalyst for that um, decline. But I also think Robert kind of thought he was ahead of himself a little bit in terms of um, his ability to throw the ball from the pocket. So I think that, you know, it was a kind of myriad of things. And I understand why he felt he could do that. I understand why he didn't want to run the ball as much anymore. But yeah, it really was, uh, it was a tough deal seeing him get hurt because it affected everybody's future, the coaching staff included. Yeah. Carrying on here, uh, we got- Great transition, Evan. Just carrying on. <laughs> awesome. I know. Go. Carrying I'm on. Trying to, trying We're to going. better at him, Logan. <laughs> um, anyway, here we go. Uh, I got a little rapid fire buy or sell with you. I got some Washington football team questions that I think you might like. Okay. Buy or sell, the Washington football team wins the NFC East this season. Ooh, I will buy that actually. I think, um, I think Dallas is in a bad way. I think, you know, obviously they get um, Dak back and I think that's huge for them, but I think they kind of have yoked themselves a little bit with that contract. It's going to be tough for them to kind of get better on defense where they struggled pretty tremendously. Dan Quinn comes in running that cover three and it seems that NFL teams have kind of solved that puzzle to a certain extent. So I don't know if they get tremendously better in that department. I think when you look at the Washington football team, they've gotten better at receiver. They've gotten better at a receiver in the draft and free agency. They've got better along the offensive line, which are two areas of weakness. They got better at linebacker. They drafted Jamin Davis, who I think is a tremendous football player and is going to make them yep. very, very dynamic at that position. He can cover, he can tackle, he can run. So all the things that kind of make the modern iteration of the NFL linebacker, he has those things. I think that's great. Um, the Giants are the one that I'm kind of tentatively keeping on my eye, my on because um, if Daniel Jones goes and continues his ascension over the last two years and kind of uses these weapons and becomes the player everyone thought he could be and lives up to this talent, um, they're going to be pretty dangerous. Obviously, I think Fitzpatrick in Washington's a good football player, but short runway. And I think if Daniel Jones becomes the man there, like everyone better watch out. 
And then uh, Philly, I think, is going to be in a tough spot. I think Jalen Hurts is a good football player, but um, I don't know if he's your franchise guy. And we'll see. Maybe I hope he proves me wrong. Every time I have that kind of doubter action, I hope that guy proves me wrong. I hope he becomes an all pro. I just at this moment don't think he's got that in him. I know that wasn't very rapid fire, but hopefully that was a good comprehension. <laughs> no, that yeah. was good. I uh, gave me a nice transition to Jamin Davis. So D- Jamin Davis by or sell wins the NFC defensive rookie of the year award. I think he might win the <laughs> NFL defensive rookie of the year award. Cause who else is going to win it? And if you have an answer, I'd love to hear it. Cause you know, there's no kind of stalwart defensive lineman. There's no Chase Young. There's no Nick Bosa. There's no uh, Miles Garrett, right? In this year's draft, the first defensive lineman's way down the board. And usually those guys get it, right? Because they get a lot mm-hmm. of sacks. I think Jamin yeah. Davis has the potential to have a ton of tackles because he's going to start from day one. He's covered up by that interior defensive line and that defensive line's been playing really well, especially on the edges. And, you know, all four spots, they're adding, they're getting Matt Ionis back to a defensive tackle for them. They've added some depth outside also. So I just think it's it's a perfect situation for him to end up with like 120 tackles and maybe a couple of picks and really kind of pad that stat sheet and look pretty dynamic. So I, I he might be my favorite at the moment for defensive rookie of the year, regardless of division. Um, very good. Um, Washington buy or sell. Why you laughing at these transitions? I'm, I'm struggling with them. Um, buy or sell. Washington made a mistake not trading up for a quarterback. Um, buy or sell. I sell that. I think, um, if you look at, I think the worst thing you could do is reach for a quarterback because everything's, Oh, these quarterbacks in the first round have tremendous value and they do. That's right. That's awesome. That's great. However, they don't always pan out. And we've seen that over the last couple of years, like Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, even Matt Stafford to a certain extent, Jay Cutler, all these guys never really become these quarterbacks that define a franchise. And so what are you going to give up two first round draft picks to move up, to, to move, to move up and get a guy that you feel kind of lukewarm about? I don't think, I don't love that. Right. So, and you know, you all, you've got free agency next year, you've got, um, the draft next year, you've got Fitzpatrick this year, who's a perfect bridge guy that gives you an extra yeah. year with good weapons offensively to, uh, to make that offense go and make the team better. So I, I sell that. I don't think it's that important. I know obviously you want to find a quarterback long-term, but I didn't feel mm-hmm. great about anybody outside those top two guys in terms of hitting hundred percent. I think that's how you have to feel about a guy. <clears throat> Somebody who is just a stud uh, is next Terry McLaurin buy or sell that he's just going to keep getting better and better. Uh, do you love Terry McLaurin or what do you, well, one thing I love about this interview so far is that was your best transition so far. Let's that go, part, baby. That was it. Well, so McLaurin, yeah, I think, I think he's going to look good this year. His production might be down a little bit this year. Cause this is the first year that he's going to have probably three or four other people that can produce at a high level. Curtis Samuels, um, Deami Brown, um, and Humphreys is in now and then Cam Sims has been playing really well so I think he's got a little bit more flushed out supporting cast that's going to be kind of scary I don't think his production is going to be the same but I don't think defense is going to be able to cover him the same way so I'd, I'd expect to see more explosive plays from him um, and I expect him to see be the same old Terry a guy who's really competitive and physical and loves to play football so outside of the Washington football team uh, Kansas City Chiefs buy or sell they won the Super Bowl oh my gosh wow great transitions again okay um buy or sell Kansas City Chiefs so to me right now the team you got to beat is Tampa Bay and did Kansas City get better enough to be I think you look at their offensive line and what they did with Orlando Brown and say that's a good move they paid uh, I think it was their guard or their center quite a bit of money highest paid what's that Joe Tooney Oh, look at you, Colin, coming in strong <laughs> with the facts. 
Yeah, that's right. So both those guys making good money this year, good football players. Did they get good enough defensively? You know, I don't know. They've made some improvements. Is it enough to beat Tampa Bay? Is it enough to beat the greatest quarterback of all time? I don't know, especially with a roster as stacked as Tampa Bay is, you know, like it's going to be tough sledding. And, um, you know, God forbid one of those guys in the O-line gets hurt again because you've seen they don't really have a ton of depth there. So um, I'm going to sell that, actually. I'll interject real quick, Ev. Sorry. Um, Do you think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's better? Who would you pick, Colin? I honestly think Cleveland's roster is more complete. I, I get that the quarterback that. situation, I get the quarterback, obviously Mahomes over Baker, but I think roster wise, the Browns have far less holes. I like their defense a lot more and they almost beat the Chiefs. They were four minutes away last year. I think they have a good shot this year. Best running back duo in the league as well. They, in terms of rosters, like talk about a scary roster from last year that's improved pretty significantly, you know? So yeah. I, I, I like that you said that. I, I think it comes down to, Ultimately, is like you said, and you acknowledge this already as a quarterback, you know, where's um, Baker? Can he be good Baker or is he going to be bad Baker? And that's going to be a tough thing to do. So, Carrying on, just a couple more questions about the football team and then like a couple other just cheesy ones and then we'll be out of here. Um, what went wrong with Dwayne Haskins in Washington? And do you think he'll ever be an NFL starter again? Um, what went wrong? So I think one of the things people fail to understand about playing quarterback in the NFL is that it's extremely challenging. You got a lot to learn. You got a lot to study. You got a lot of responsibility. And from what I understand, the rumors around the building here is that he wasn't taking that responsibility very seriously. So in terms of talent, I think he's got it. If he were to like flip a switch and be like, I had my opportunity. I lost. I'm going to work really hard to get it back. I think there's a chance that he does become a starter again, but it's not going to be for another couple of years. It's not going to happen overnight. He's got a long road to come back and show that he is not, um, that he's not, that he's going to take it seriously and, he, and he's ready to have that kind of responsibility. So um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, he didn't take responsibility seriously, study very hard from what it looked like. The offensive coordinator didn't trust him. And I think rightfully so from what I've heard. And I'm not sure he's going to have an opportunity to be harder if he's even going to be in the NFL over the next couple. Pittsburgh's got to be one of the better landing spots for him. Learn from yeah, Roethlisberger. Yeah, and yeah I think that's a, good, that's a good point. You know, he's getting ready to leave, right? Uh, kind of on the twilight of his career, Roethlisberger. Um, you know, you talk about, you know, we haven't talked about this really on the show yet, but, you know, the quarterback position is so important and, if he wasn't the guy here in Washington, what makes you think he's ready uh, in Pittsburgh? He's going to have an opportunity to sit for a year. If he makes the roster there, we'll see what happens. But I do think um, in terms of fit, that's pretty solid. I mean, but I, I would be skeptical because of all the things you heard, all the opportunities he had here and how he treated those opportunities. Yeah, I know a guy that you really like is Logan Thomas. He put up a career high last year in targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. You said that you see a little Greg Olson in him. As a former tight end, what do you like about his game? What does he do well? So, I, you know, I, I see a guy who's tall. He's, he's, uh, he's got good length. He runs well for a guy his size. He's not the shiftiest guy in the world, but he's a good athlete, and he uses his big body to make plays down the field. He can hypo the ball. He tracks the ball well for a big person. I like that stuff. He's improved every year. I've been watching him since he's made the transition from quarterback to tight end. 
And I think if he can continue that improvement, that's just bodes well for his production. I don't think he's going to be as productive as he was last year. because I think this offense is going to be a little bit more open. There's going to be more, uh, um, you know, mouths to feed in terms of targets with all the new skill play players in the offense. But I think he's going to continue to refine his craft and get better. And I like that. I like a guy who's seen some adversity and is climbing the hill to becoming better. And that's pretty cool. Huge fantasy guy last year, picking up on the waiver wire. He was awesome. Yeah. Um, Didn't you have him? All right. No, yeah, he sunk my season. I played him in the playoffs. He destroyed uh, me. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, wrapping up here, two kind of quick questions. Any movie recommendations for us? Oh, my gosh. Um well, I have two kids. You guys probably don't have any kids, but I just watched the missile, the Mitchells versus the Machines, which was very, very good, very funny. Um, I enjoyed that a lot, um, and that's the only movie I've watched. Actually, I just watched a movie with my father-in-law, which I enjoyed a lot. It's an old movie though. It's called Breaker Morant. It's like uh, if you got time, take take your time, go check that out. It's uh, like kind of a crime, war crime drama from like um, the. Uh, I forget, like South African war against the Dutch way back in the day. A little bit of a historical thing. Not everybody's cup of tea, but I really enjoyed it. Sounds like a Colin type. Yeah, thing. I was just thinking that. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Colin. <laughs> yeah. How about you other guys? What, what You got movie recommendations for me? I'm not watching any TV. I'm sure you guys got plenty of time. Well, yeah. I play more video games than watch movies. What's the game you're playing? Right now? We all just play NHL. Or, okay. or like Madden or, or games like that. Sports games where we can get like online franchises or, or stuff like that. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Enjoy it. Cool. Yeah, nice. But I don't really watch many movies. Colin's like the TV show guy here. Yeah, I watch a ton yeah. of TV shows, but not so much movies. What, 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 what's the TV show, Rick? Here we go. Right now, I mean, God, if you have years, it's taking me years to watch it. I'm watching Criminal Minds. It's 15 oh, seasons yeah. long. It's you're watching that like that's like it's like episodic right like it's yeah one murder every week kind of thing yeah gosh that's a that's a big commitment by you um one one smaller commitment that you and your wife might like is um ozark is phenomenal ozark i've heard a lot of really good things about that we just one of my friends said uh shadow and bone which is on netflix has anybody seen that oh yeah my girlfriend and i watched that it's actually pretty good Uh, yeah did you like uh, it yeah, it's not that bad, actually. Yeah, I, I like I, a little fantasy. Uh, sci-fi seems like kind of Games of Thrones-ish, you know, so I might be into that. Yeah. Yeah. Connor, I mean, you didn't ask a question this whole time. I mean, <laughs> they kind of stole my questions. I had some things to ask. I don't know. So, Connor, you're a pretty smart guy, right? So, like, what is what are you learning about right now in school? Can we just talk about that? Can you try and <laughs> something you're learning about in school? Sure. Um well, see, all right. So at Northeastern, right, they you do a semester class, then you do a semester of like an internship. So I've been doing that since Jan- January. So okay. I've been taking class since January, but I'm doing um, just working with like a, a special type of bacteria that's like that like infects shit in hospitals because it's antibiotic resistant. So they're just trying to learn more about that. So I've that's been doing a lot of wicked. that's cool. I thought you were going to say it's a bacteria that eats plastic or something like that, but that's no, that'd be cooler though. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. What do you do? You like go in the hospitals and you scrape the floor and you find some bacteria and then <laughs> test it out against antibiotics. I or yeah, pretty, I mean, pretty much without the the scraping part and just testing some antibiotics on. You're the, like a full bacteria. hazmat suit. 
No, God, no. I would hate that. Is, uh, is it a clean room? No, it's got to be in a clean room, right? No, it's just in a lab. Uh, it's pretty casual wear. I mean, what if it gets on you? That, that's a problem. <laughs> no, <laughs> you wear like gloves or something, right? Yeah, I wear gloves. I mean, I, I haven't had any issues yet. Knock oh on wood. I'm going to be reading about it in the paper like an intern got some antibiotic bacteria <laughs> no, because he's not wearing a suit. He wants to be comfortable at the office. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, um, though, man. Thank you. For sure. Last question to, <laughs> uh, last question to wrap up. <laughs> what is one thing on your bucket list that you want to do, um, like top thing that you want to do since COVID's really gone now? Okay. Um, since COVID's gone, I, my, before my son was born, my wife and I wanted to take a trip to Europe and kind of spend a couple of weeks out there and like go to Spain. Cause she's got some friends out there, go to Greece, like check all those spots out. And then we found out we were pregnant. My son was born and we haven't done a lot of traveling since then. So it would be nice maybe when the kids are a little older, get them out there and see the world and see some different cultures, try some different food and that kind of stuff. I know it's kind of boring. Do you guys have a bucket list item? What's, wait, what do 19 year olds on, have on their bucket Well, list? something that me and my girlfriend want to do is go to Disney when we're 21 and drink around the world. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Disney World or Disney Good idea. Uh, Disney World, in Orlando. Florida. Yeah. They don't go in the summer, man. It's going to be brutal down there. That's when my family always goes. I'm not quite sure why, but. You got a girlfriend? How long have you been dating your girlfriend? Uh, 16 months now. Holy cow. It's Newman, that question. He'll give you an even longer answer. <laughs> Dylan, yeah, what's four, up with that? Four and a half years. Yeah. It's been How old a while. Are you, 19? I'm 20. Okay, so 16? Yep. When you met her? So I think I got yeah. you beat. I met my wife when I was 15 and a half. Damn. So close. Yeah, you're right there. You're so are you gonna get you're gonna get married? I know you're 20, so you probably got other things to do. I mean, it's looking like that. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. It certainly is looking like that. You like bacteria? <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a deal breaker if she didn't <laughs> all right that's all i got yeah um, i mean this was huh any questions i really don't have any this was this is we've done a, a few interviews recording can i like we talk, talk off the record yeah i can stop the recording oh you got Hey guys, uh, it's Colin. Just wanted to say I apologize for prematurely ending the Logan Paulson interview audio. Um, I cut it off a little early, but Logan said thanks for coming on, or thanks for having him on, and he really enjoyed the interview, as did we. Um, so we hope you enjoy it as much as we did, and we'll see you next week.